Thank you for listening to the podcast of Bible Baptist Church. Please visit our website at www.southbaybbc.org for more information. I know that there are some of you here who are visitors here, but if you've been coming to our church for any period of time, you'll know that Christmas is my favorite season of the year by far. I love Christmas and I love everything about Christmas. I love the music of Christmas. I love the songs that we just sang and some of the other songs that we have the opportunity to sing. I love how joyful it is, how it proclaims the name of Jesus Christ. And sometimes you even go out and about, you know, sometimes we sing about the Lord and we sing about Jesus here in the church. And that's wonderful. And that's great. And that's I love that. But it's it's even more joyful when you get to go out and you hear the songs of Jesus Christ out there. I, I love the music. I love the name of the day itself. The day itself is Christmas. I mean, you can't get any more clear about what is this day about. It is about the Lord. Now, I love that. And I love the lights of Christmas. There's just something about having lights that just makes it feel a little more like Christmas. I don't know why that is, but it just feels that way, that you got to have lights somewhere. You know, we got little lights up here and, you know, in the, in the fellowship hall after the service when we have food, there's going to be lights over there. And, and you may have noticed as you drive around some of the houses, they, they have lights, you know, they got the lights on the, on the fences and on the, on the houses and different things like that. And I, I just love everything about Christmas. But most of all, I love that it's about Jesus. I love that it's about Jesus because it is through Jesus that we have hope. It is through Jesus that we have joy. It is through Jesus that we have all of the light and life that God has to offer. This season is about Christmas and about what Christ did. If you're there in Isaiah chapter 9, we read verse number 6. The very next verse continues, and it says, Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice. From henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. See, we can have joy this Christmas season because of what God said that he would do and what God actually did. Now, to fully understand what we mean by this king that will come, we sang about the newborn king. If you receive one of the invitations, on the front of the invitation, it says, glory to the newborn king. For us to really fully understand kind of what that meant, we do have to go back a little bit. That's why we're here in the Old Testament. And if you do have your Bibles open to Isaiah chapter 9, go back a few verses to verse number 2. Many of you will know verse number 6 and verse number 7, but verse number 2 is a verse that really gives us an idea of the kind of hope that God wanted to bring given where they were. Because in verse number two, it says, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. So here the nation of Israel is in a difficult place. They're in a tough spot. And it is in this tough spot and situation that God is going to show them what he can do. And we're going to see that what God did was give us a son. What he did was he gave us this newborn child. 
I have, uh, I have two little kids, and I saw both of my kids up here in the presentation, and I loved it. You know, and I love seeing the little kids up here. I saw my kids up here, and I remember when my firstborn child, the day that she was born and I held her in my arms, how special that was. Just to think about that life, and now I'm a father, and, and all that goes with it, and just the joy that this child is going to bring and has already brought. And if you're a parent today, you know the joys of having that child, but we're not going to just talk about the birth of any child we are going to talk about the birth of the Son of God. The reason for hope and light and life this Christmas is because of the birth of God's only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. And I want to see three reasons that this Son brings hope this Christmas. The first of which is because of your condition. If you go back to verse number 1 of Isaiah chapter 9, it says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. So when Isaiah is writing, the nation is kind of in a little bit of a difficult spot, but it is going to get a little bit worse. And so the nation of Judah is still there in the land, but one day a nation is going to come, they are going to conquer the nation of Judah, and they are going to be taken away. They're going to have their cities to be destroyed, they're going to be taken captive, and they're going to suffer as they are taken away. And it's not because God did not love them, it's not because God was not fair. It was because of their sin. It was because of their sin that they were going to have to be taken away from the land. They had broken God's law. And they are going to be taken to, in verse number two, we see the people that walked in darkness and dwelt in the land of the shadow of death. They were going to be taken away to this place because that is what happens when you sin. When you sin, when you go your own way, when you do what you want to do instead of what God wants, when you choose yourself over God, consequences will come because that's what sin does. Now, how do we know when we sin? How do we know when we have gone our own way? You know, nowadays everybody has smartphones and GPS, you know, when you drive around, sometimes even when I'm in a local area, sometimes I'll turn on the GPS just to make sure I'm not running right into a traffic jam, you know, you know, there's a car accident on the freeway, you know, and whenever you have the GPS on, the moment you get off, what does it tell you? It tells you, oh, I'm recalculating, you, gotta get, you, gotta, you got off track and you got to get back on track. And, and it's easy for us to know when we get off track, when we're driving around and we have the GPS on, but what about in life? How do we know when we've gotten off track? Well, Galatians talks to us about the law being our schoolmaster. The Bible tells us when we get off track. Now, the nation of Israel already had the Bible, right? They already knew that, and yet it had still gotten to this place. Now, how could that be? Well, often it isn't until the consequences come that we are faced and forced to wake up and acknowledge our sin, right? We all know that we should eat healthy and exercise. Amen? Amen? Right? Is anybody surprised here? Oh, I didn't know I had to eat healthy. Oh, that's news to me, right? We all know that. And yet, it isn't until we go to the doctor and we get the blood pressure and your blood pressure is up. You know, you haven't been eating healthy. Yeah, I know, I know I haven't. But even still, 
after you know your blood pressure is up, maybe your sugar levels are a little high, maybe you go to the doctor, and the doctor is saying, well, you know, there's some things that you could improve upon. Even then, we will still continue, won't we? We'll still continue in those things. But sometimes people, they have heart attacks. Sometimes they have some consequences from their health. And you know what happens is it, it wakes them up. You know what they do? Man, I really got to cut down. Really, I, I, I got to change my diet. I got to begin to exercise. And sometimes it isn't until those times come that we wake up and acknowledge, you know what? I haven't been doing what I was supposed to do. In Luke chapter 15, there's a story of a young man who had demanded of his father that he receive his inheritance early. He wanted to receive the inheritance early. Now, usually you receive the inheritance when your parents pass away, right? Your parents pass away and then you receive the inheritance. This young man wanted his inheritance now. He, he got his inheritance somehow. His, God, uh, his father gave him his inheritance and he received the inheritance. He went into a far country and he began to live it up. You know, he began to, you know, quote unquote, have a lot of fun and enjoy life and enjoy the pleasures of sin. And, and uh, he was going off and doing his own thing and enjoying a lot of things until... A famine came until he ran out of money. And notice what it says there in verse number 17. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. This young man had obviously done something very wrong, right? He demanded his inheritance before his father had passed away. But it wasn't until he received the consequences that he confessed, that he acknowledged, you know what? I did wrong. <laughs> I made a bad decision. And it is sometimes only at those, that, uh, those points, at that moment, that we acknowledge our sin. Which brings us to the next point, which is your cleansing. Why does Jesus Christ give us hope? Because we can be cleansed. Now, if you're here this morning, I trust that we would all acknowledge that we are sinners, right? Oftentimes when I go out and I talk to people about the Lord, I talk to people about Jesus Christ, and I, I bring up salvation, and I bring up sin, often I will say something along the lines of, you know, but nobody's perfect, right? And they'll acknowledge, yeah, you're right, nobody's perfect, you know? So everybody's a sinner, we're all sinners, right? And they'll, they'll often acknowledge that, that no one is perfect, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. The nation here in Israel, as we're kind of looking at this passage, is in a situation where they have, will have had, over the course of their history, 22 different kings. Started with Saul, then they had David, then they had Solomon, then they had Rehoboam, and they had a number of kings all along the line. And they had a number of kings that some of them did pretty good, some of them were not so good, but each and every one of them came short. Every single one of them, they had sinned. You read about David, you read about Solomon, you read about even the good kings, you read about all of these kings and you, you realize that they all fell short and, and it can be tempting to think, you know what, maybe the next king will be better, right? The next king will be better. The next king, he'll do a great job and uh, maybe it's not this king, but you know, another king. If we could just get another king, then we will do great. It's kind of like here in America, you know, in politics, every four years we have a, you know, a big election for the president, you know, and, and uh, have you ever noticed no matter who it is that becomes president, the next year their approval ratings are down 
You know, the, the next guy comes in, oh, I'm going to change the world, I'm going to fix all of the problems of our country, and then after a year, we, everybody realizes, you know what, he's not fixing as much as he promised that he would, and, you know, there are still problems, and there are still things, and then, you know, what happens a couple years later, maybe it's the next guy, we need another president, and, and it can be tempting to go along those lines, and, and the nation may have been tempted to think along those lines, but what God is trying to say is, Hopefully by now you've recognized that the problem is not that you just need another king. What you need is you need the Lord. What you need is not just to try something else, not, not, not just turn over a new leaf. In, the, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have the new year, and I know a lot of people, they do New Year's resolutions, right? We have New Year's resolutions. I want to, you know, exercise a little bit more. I want to lose some weight. I want to change my diet. I want to read my Bible. I want to, you know, cut back on social media. You know, every, you know a lot of people will have these, uh, these ambitions for the new year, and sometimes it can be tempting to think, you know what, next year will be different, but oftentimes we find that it just becomes the same Thing. And Isaiah chapter 9, verse number 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. You know what God is trying to tell the nation of Israel is you don't just need another man, what you need is the Lord. What you need is not just a new system, what you need is the Lord. What you need is Jesus Christ. I came across this quote that I thought encapsulates our need and God's solution very well. If our greatest need was information, God would have sent us a teacher. If our greatest need was entertainment, God would have sent us a performer. If our greatest need was technology, God would have sent us a scientist or an engineer. If our greatest need was money, God would have sent us a businessman. If our greatest need was government, God would have sent us a politician. If our greatest need was health, God would have given us a doctor. But because our greatest need was our sin, God sent us a savior. And when you read in verse number six, you read these descriptions, these names of the Lord. We see the first name is the name Wonderful. There are many times when the nation of Israel thought that it was over. This is done. There's no more future. There's no more hope. But I want you to know that when the Bible calls this name, Jesus Christ, he calls him by the name wonderful. That word wonderful means miraculous. It means that God can do a miracle, that God is going to do a miracle. Maybe you're here today and what you're thinking is, I need a Christmas miracle. I need a miracle. Well, you've come to the right place because God is the miracle maker. Maybe you're here today and you, you acknowledge that you're in your sin and maybe you acknowledge the sins that you've committed, but maybe deep down in your heart, maybe you wouldn't say so, but deep down in your heart, you're thinking, Brother Richard, but you don't know what I've done and you, and you don't know what I, where I've been and the things that I've said and the things that I've seen and the things that I've done. It, it's going to take a miracle. I remember one time, uh, you know, as we were uh, just, you know, going about our daily business, my wife sent me a text message and uh, immediately when I saw the text messages, I, I, I was like, uh-oh. Well, what, what happened was my wife, she was just doing the, you know, things at home, and she had done the laundry. She was doing the laundry. And uh, you know how it is. You put the clothes in the, you know, in the thing, and you put the detergent in, and you turn it on, and you wash the clothes, and then you pull it out, and you throw it in the dryer. You know, you're like, yep, these are my clothes, and you put them in the dryer. Then this day, though, my wife pulled out the clothes and said, these clothes look different. What had happened was one of my children 
left a crayon or two in a pocket or something. I don't know how, how it got by. My wife checks everything, and somehow it slipped by, and it got in the washer, it melted the crayons, and it got over everything. And so my wife sent me this text message and said, these are your dress shirts, you know? <laughs> you know? And I was thinking, uh-oh, I can't wear these, to, you know? I can't stand before pastor with a tie-dye, you know, thing or whatever. I was like, uh-oh. And so my wife, she does what pretty much everybody else does, which is you go and you Google it. All right, <laughs> crayons in a washer, how do I get it out? You know, that's, that's what you do. And there are other people who have had the same problem because there were answers on the internet for how to deal with this. And, so my wife found this little formula or whatever and started applying it and, and put it back in the washer and, and did the thing and she pulled out the clothes and, and some of them were perfectly clean. Some of them were perfectly clean. Some of them though, the stain never got out. She washed it, she came out, said uh-oh. She washed it again, pulled it out, uh-oh. It's not changing, <laughs> it's not getting better. And we realized, you know what? There is no hope for this shirt. <laughs> this shirt just has to go, and we threw it away. And sometimes when it comes to sin, people can feel like, you know what? I've tried everything, and the sin is not going away. But the Bible says in Isaiah, Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You know what God is saying is God is saying no matter the depth or darkness of your sin, God can heal you and cleanse you of all of your sin because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We next see that his name is Counselor. We see that in his counsel, we see that Jesus knows the way. Because one of the descriptions of us as sinners is that we are lost that we get lost. I know that everybody, we all have smartphones today and nobody ever gets lost, right? If you ever don't know where you are, you just pull out your phone, you pull out Google Maps and you find out where you are. But I remember a day when people actually did get lost, you know, when you would drive around and you'd be like, I don't know where I am. And you'd have to pull over and things like that. And, and uh, sometimes it is in those times when you get lost and you just think there's no way that I could get back. But Jesus always knows the way. You know why he knows the way? Because he is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. The next name that is given to Jesus is the mighty God. The mighty God. We see that God has strength. I'm sure that every one of us here, we would all acknowledge that we are sinners. And I'm also sure that we would all acknowledge that we don't want to sin right? Anybody here say, yeah, I, I want to be a liar. Yeah, I, I want to be a thief. Yeah, I, I want to lose my temper. Yeah, I, I, I want to be unloving or unkind or unforgiving. I, I think every single one of us would say, I don't want to be that. I don't want to sin. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to lose my temper. I, I don't want to be unkind. I, I don't want any of those things. I, I think every single one of us would say that, that we don't want to do those things. And yet we still do those things, don't we? We don't want to lose our temper. We don't want to get angry, and yet we do. And, 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 you know, sometimes we can determine, you know what, I'm going to try a little bit harder this year. You know, I'm going to do a little bit better. You know what, I'm going to delete uh, social media accounts from my phone, or I'm going to, you know, just think positive thoughts every single day. And yet, as we continue to live life, haven't we seen that we are all sinners? Amen. That we can't help it. But the Bible says, for when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
See, God has the strength to overcome sin. We also see the everlasting Father. We see that He is the Father of eternity. What that means is that for us as sinners, a lot of times we can make a decision. You know what? I'm not going to be angry anymore. I'm just going to use kind words. I'm always going to be uplifting. And, you know, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to go to church every single week. And sometimes that works for a little while, but over time, we all have to acknowledge, you know what? It worked for a day. It worked for an hour. It worked for a week even. But I'm back here in my sin. But God can give you everlasting freedom from sin. We also see that he is the Prince of Peace. We live in a world of conflict. And wouldn't it be nice if we were free from conflict, if we were free from being at war? But the, the biggest problem in this world is not the wars that you might see around, right? We, we know about the wars that are there in the, in the world. You see the news and wars in the past and wars that will come in the future. We can see all of those things. But the biggest war and the most important war that we need to acknowledge is not a war between people, but a war that we are at with God. It's not a war that God started it's something that we started. Romans chapter 8, verse number 7 says, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither can be. Verse number 10 says, For if when we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You know what God is saying is, God is saying is that as sinners, we are opposed to each other, that God is opposed to us. But the Bible says that he sent his only begotten son so that we might be reconciled with God. Because for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we see that the birth of Jesus Christ gives us hope because we can be cleansed of our sin. The third reason that God gives us hope through Jesus Christ is because of your choice. We've read some verses in Isaiah, but I want you to go to the book of Matthew. Turn with me to the book of Matthew if you have your Bibles there. I believe we'll have some of these verses there on the screen as well. But in Matthew chapter number 4, we're going to read the verses that are quoting the verses that we just read. In Matthew chapter 4, verse number 13. If you're there in Isaiah, you can look at those verses. If you're there in the book of Matthew, you can read these verses. And you'll see the similarity of these verses because... He is quoting the book of Isaiah here. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is upon the sea coast in the borders of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah. This is Isaiah, the prophet, saying, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people which sat in darkness saw great light. And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. So we see the verses here talking about this time when the nation was in trouble, the nation was in darkness, and God was going to send them light. Now, what does it mean for the nation to have light? I mean, we see the sun rise every day and it sets in the west. We can have lights in our homes, but what does it mean to have spiritual light? Well, the very next verse tells us what God did to bring the nation light. Verse number 17, from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
You know what light is? Light is when God shines the light of his word and the light of the gospel on our lives and on our hearts and we can see that we are sinners. We can see that we have broken God's law, but also that God loved us so much that he sent his only begotten son to this earth to die on the cross for our sins. And if we would acknowledge that, and if we would confess that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and if we call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be our Savior, we can be saved. There is hope today because you can be cleansed of your sin. Doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter where you've been, God's blood shed on the cross is sufficient to cleanse you from all of your sin. And now it's your choice. It's up to you to decide whether you will trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior or whether you will turn away. Jesus said, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I pray today that today will be the day when you trust in Christ as your Savior.